Right, here we go. Um, I attempted this earlier today, but I was working in my day job and uh, it didn't happen. So what I'm doing is I'm attempting a podcast type thing. <clears throat> just for me. Well, is it just for me? Um, I don't know. It's for... Well, it's for, kind of a, the idea is, is to get to generate some material. Because um, I'm trying to get the process of writing uh, new stuff. <coughs> so I'm, I'm doing this to see what happens so the process is right what I do is I write the material <coughs> I get a topic write about it um, just write the ideas the kind of concepts and then what I'm going to do I'm going to do a podcast on this this is a wee app called Anchor and I'm doing it on this and I'll talk about it as but because but, I reckon where I get most of my comedy ideas is through um, talking because um, when I sit down with a bit of paper the creative juices that sounds filthy my creative juices ooh, my creative juices don't flow that well when I'm sitting down with a bit of paper and I think that's because um, I associate that with studying and when I was at uni no, uni school and all that sitting down studying was a boring thing Um so it's a different frame it's a different state of mind than being funny. So being funny uh, is about uh, being a playful kind of creative mood. Ooh, I'm being all psychological here. Fucking hell. So the idea is I write down material or ideas. Uh I'll talk about them. So we'll just talk about them in a podcast style. And then from that I'll get some ideas and the next step after that is to do a video. On the stuff I've come up with. So, fucking hell. I think I've just do a, a process of writing material after all these years of doing it. <coughs> so, I've just been out of run there, by the way. Um, what date is it? It's the 5th of September. Um, I've got the material in a minute. 5th of September. Uh, finished the festival last week. A week and a half ago. <coughs> so... My, my fitness dropped. I went out for a run. This is after the festival. First day or the second day, I went out for a run up Arthur's seat. I thought, I'll keep my fitness going. Here we go. <coughs> after that, I went and tits up. My first pint, uh, first kebab. They all went and tits on up. Luckily, I've not put on too much weight over the festival, but I'm back out running again. <coughs> Get my fitness thing done. I've also got a project that I'm working on uh, that I want to do a backflip. Well, it's not a backflip. It's a backward somersault. So I've got somebody help me with that. I've got a a friend who used to be a gymnast who's helped me to train to do a backward somersault. So <laughs> so uh, keep keep in tune. That's a work in progress. I've got a lot to do. I got myself a big yoga ball thing that she asked me to get. So that's a work in progress. So I've got a lot a lot of work to do for that. Anyway, <clears throat> anyway. So what I'm writing about. Right, I'm I'm fascinated by self help books. Um, so I'm right. I'm right. I read a book years ago called um, "Change Your Life in Seven Days" with Paul McKenna, and uh, so so it's a, maybe it's basically he's, Paul McKenna is a hypnotist, uh, stroke NLP life coachy type guy, and uh, I must admit I do like his stuff. Um, a lot of people slag off personal development and stuff like that. Usually miserable comedians going to personal development, just been hard work. Now shut up, there's a lot we can learn a lot for these guys. So, um, 
<coughs> I read his book. Um, I'm reading his book. I'm in the process of reading that. So I'm going to do a podcast on each day. So the book's called Change Your Life in Seven Days by Paul McKenna. Um, so it's basically so the different techniques to take over seven days. So here, the first, this is me just rambling. I've not really thought about what I'm going to do here. So this is the idea of doing this thing. Is I can just talk <coughs> and and I'll take notes as I go. That's a good idea. Is I've got my notebook with my notes on it, obviously. Um, and I'll, I'll get a separate piece of paper. I'm looking about, I'm rambling here. Oh, I've got, I've got a wee, uh, I've got a wee um, post-it note thing, right? So I'll take notes as I go. If I come up with some gold comedy gold, if not, it doesn't matter. It's just the creative process, right? So... <clears throat> Paul McKenna, change your life in seven days. So, the first day, the first day, what did he talk about? The first day, whatever I wrote down. Right, so what he wrote down, right, if you woke up one morning and a, this is the thing I wrote down, if you woke up one morning and a miracle had happened, your life had become exactly how you wanted it to be, how would you know the miracle had happened? So that's a question that he asks at the start of the book. So how would you know your, a miracle had happened? And uh, I don't know, what am I thinking? So I, I think for me, um, my house would be a bit tidier anyway. I'm looking about here, my house is a mess. So that would be cleared up just by accident. I like I like the idea of, um, <laughs> remember, what's her name? Um, remember Bewitched? Where she just come in and shift her nose, she just twitched her nose and everything was tidy. So that'd be amazing. If a miracle could happen for me, I'd become Bewitched and uh, I could just tidy my house up. <coughs> but... In reality, what would I want? I would want um, uh, probably a good relationship. Uh, maybe, maybe married at some point. Maybe kids, that kind of thing. Um, comedy career, um, probably. Um, I, I'd love to have. Well, well, I love my comedy. I love doing solo shows, right? I love doing the comedy clubs as well. But they're they're, they're kind of they're not they're restrictive. Yeah, they're in a way, they're kind of, I love doing it, you get 20 minutes, 15 minutes, 10 minutes, 20 minutes, it's good to be a, to have a tight 20, but with solo shows, <clears throat> as well as it potentially make more money, um, you've got more freedom to do what you want, more creative freedom to do what you want, and you've got your audience, and you can mess about, and there's nobody judging you, apart from your audience, and I've had some of my best gigs just by messing about, doing things, uh, having a laugh. Um, so doing more solo shows, a tour, is what I want. What I want to do, just so I can do what the fuck I want. Uh, I don't have to, like, I don't have to suck up anybody's ass. So I want a big audience, like a big following on Facebook. Like there's a few guys that are doing well with that now in particular. There's like Gary Folds, who got a lot of, he's doing brilliant. He, he, um, He's got like a hundred thousand followers, which is mental. He's touring all over Scotland. Um, he does big venues every month. He's doing in November. He's doing the SECC. That's phenomenal. And a few years ago, he was asking me about doing my comedy workshop. And now, now I'm the other way around. I'm asking him how to do social media. Trying to learn from that wee guy. But and there's Gary Meikle. He's got. I think he's got like two hundred thousand followers. I don't know what. Fuck hell. It's mental on it. 200,000 followers on Facebook. I think he's quite good at, um, he's good at Instagram as well and all that. Yeah, it's brilliant. I think it's phenomenal. I'm just checking that. It's how many followers has Gary Meikle got these days? He's got, wait a minute, hold on. What does it, what does it say? 
Try to find out. Right, I'm on Google. I'm on Google. Gary Miko. He's got fucking loads. 200,000 followers. 204,000 followers. That's mental. That's phenomenal. But he's worked hard at that. He had a few videos that went viral. He just done a tour in the, the States. He done... He's fucking... That's amazing. Done a tour in the States. He's toured all over the UK. Brilliant. Uh, there's all... There's, so these two guys are, are kind of... They've cracked the social media. And I... And I... I'd love to... Can I replicate that? So I'm working out. Uh, I'm learning a lot about social media just now. I'm just learning all that. So, so that, so here we are. So, I that's if a miracle could happen, I would want like hundred thousand, two hundred thousand followers to be able to do my gigs, uh, solo shows all over the world. And I, I'll fuck it all over the world in my terms. I want you to do it in my terms without anybody telling me what I can do, what I can't do. That's what I want. I want you to kind of. Control of my freedom to do what the fuck I want. So that's a miracle. So if a miracle happens, so relationship, good relationships. Maybe a kid. I, I love kids. A dog. Maybe a dog. Um, maybe um, a decent house. Pay off my mortgage. Fucking hell. Pay off my mortgage. My debt. Um, have a decent sized house with a wife, kids, and a dog. Be able to do my tours whenever I want. Fitness wise, be as fit as a fiddle. Uh, be able to do a backflip because that's that's on my thing now. Um, what else? Um, so that's that's what I want. That's what I want. So that's the first thing he asks in the book. So uh, let me see what else we got. This is just me rambling about my notes. So what did I get there? Did I get material out of that? Maybe bewitched. Aye. Aye. So something about bewitched. I'll listen back to this. That's what I'll do. I'm thinking on my feet here. I'll listen back to this, and if I get any brainwaves of material, that's what I'll do. So this is me getting creative here. <coughs> so next bit. Um, the power of brainwashing. I'm just listening to my notes. Self-image. Self, right, self-image, our behaviour is a direct result of the person we believe we are. That's true. So, you behave uh, determined on how you think you are. So, if you think you're a nobody, you'll act like a nobody, you'll hold back, you'll be shy, you'll be quiet. Um, you're constantly letting other people know how you... Right, that's true. You're constantly letting other people know how you treat you, by the way you treat yourself, fucking very true. So if you treat yourself like shit, other people will as well. Um, I totally, because I remember, even if you remember back to school days, being a teenager, um, I was quite quiet, quite a wee nervous guy, and I probably, because I wouldn't answer back, um, <laughs> I, wouldn't, I, I was just quiet, kind of very subdued, what's the word I'm looking for? Shy, nervous, wee guy. Um, so people would take the piss out of me because they knew I wouldn't answer them back. Whereas the more confident kind of kids wouldn't get that because you're confident people respect them more. So I see how that works. But I do remember, here's a story. Um, I remember at school, <coughs> that <laughs> I was quiet, but I remember a wee guy picked on me. This just shows you how things change. There's a wee guy, I remember this, this is, uh, I was quite proud of this. A wee guy was picking on me. Uh, and I was I, I just all day at school was like I'm gonna batter you at the end of the day. He kept pushing me, so I'm gonna get you. For no reason, I can't remember what I said or what happened. I just decided to pick on me this day and uh he just kept pushing me and pushing me. I was like, like just leave me alone and eventually this was at high school, on the way I was going leaving at the end of the day, I was going towards the bus to get the school bus back to Moody'sburn and this wee guy was still pushing me. He was like, come on then, come ahead. And he was looking for a fight. He just wanted a fight. But I remember at one point, I just went, fuck this. 
had enough. I felt my fist clenching, and I just punched this wee guy. I just punched him. One punch. That was it, finished. I killed him. I didn't kill him. <laughs> he just went to the ground. That was it, done. Uh, and I was like, fucking hell, is that it? And then the next day, it was my bit. Well, it wasn't my best pal, because he, fuck him. But he was kind of apologetic, and he was all kind of saying, sorry, sorry. And he never bothered me again after that. So that just shows you, um, if you act in a certain way, it gives you, aye, so I get that. You're treated the way people, the way you treat yourself. The bigger the jewellery, the smaller the self-image. I get that. So this is, um, people with bling, you ever see these people with bling, Ferraris and all that? So that, a lot of that's about covering up their low self-image. Almost everybody is compensating for a part of them that they don't like. Very true, I'm a comedian, so that's, that's uh, being funny on stage is about compensating for a part of me that I don't like. But I like it, so I don't care. The average person, this is, this, is a bit, this is a bit sad, the average American parent criticises their children eight times for every, they criticise their children eight times for every one time they give them a compliment. That's quite sad, that. That's quite sad, um, and it, it seems to be a way that people are in the world, right? Um, people are always criticise you, say bad things, but when you do something well, they won't say well done. And I think it's like a, a, a I don't know, if it's a thing in Scotland, working class thing. Your mates will always slag you off if you've fucked up, if you've made a mistake, but they'll never, very rarely will they say well done. Fuck, you know what I mean? It's quite, I it's quite sad. I think you should try to get out there and just tell people, say them well done, because we're all, we're all fragile, tell your pals, it, fucking give your pals compliments, you bunch of cunts, um, so, as we got, I have everything that right with me, self image is formed, now how your self image is formed, um, it's kind of a, your, your self image is formed as you grow up, because um, when you grow up, you can have from society, um, your teachers, your parents, your, your pals, uh, TV, all that. When you're told you're clumsy, you're too stupid. When people tell you you're stupid at school, your parents go, ah, yeah, you're a clumsy bastard, you've got no common sense. These suggestions get into your head. And, and, and you're, at that age, you're kind of, you're very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? You learn a lot, you pick up a lot. Uh, of uh, adults tell you so if you're constantly told you're clumsy you're useless you're stupid you'll start believing that shit it has, an, it has an effect on you man it's fucked up so parents and teachers get a grip of yourself man be nice be nice to your kids you bunch of cunts uh, and that's this great sad 98% of 14 year olds have a negative self image that's sad uh, anyway so this is what we're doing this is just all the background of this I felt I felt awkward and stupid at school, right? Teenagers. Hey, wait a minute. Key lessons. The reason you're not yet living the life of your dreams is that you're wasting so much time of your so much of your time and energy hiding your negative self image from the world. Very true. Right, so what did I get out of this? Uh, this is this is me. Oh, I might get some material out of this eventually. I might have some. So the idea is right. Right, so Paul McKenna, he says there's three, was it, we have three selves, so this is according to Paul McKenna, we've got three selves, you have a pretend self, you have a, a negative self image, and you have 
your authentic self. So there we go. So your pretend self is a is the image you're trying to project onto the world. How you how you, how you like to be seen, uh, how you like to be seen, and and he says that this pretend self is trying to basically. This is used to hide hide your negative self image from the world. So you're projecting this this self. Uh, so I do it. Um, so I think my comedy persona is like my my pretend self. This comedy guy that goes on stage. He's funny. He, he he's a bit cheeky. He's a bit mental. A bit drunk. Is it well? I act drunk, but I'm not actually drunk. A lot of the time on stage, people say, "Yeah, if you've had a bit to drink, mate." I was like, oh, "No, it's just a character, you fucking lunatic." I remember doing a gig in uh, was it Glasgow? What was it Tenant Spar a few years ago? And sometimes I don't do as much now, but I, I, I used to. Now, now and again, the festival I do it kind of late late night gigs. Um, I, I do the drunk thing. I do the drunk thing, um, well, I don't, I, like, I pretend to be drunker than I am, sometimes I've had one beer, but it's like the kind of character thing, you can act, do the drunk thing, it's like a persona, right, it's like, uh, so a bit like Johnny Vegas, done, done, done a, no, not, not similar, he's a totally different, very good comedian, I'm alright, so Johnny Vegas done this drunk guy, <clears throat> I kind of done it for a bit, uh, now I'm probably going more of a kind of psychotic guy, I don't know, my persona thing, I remember doing it in Tenants Bar in Glasgow, um, a few two years ago maybe, and uh, I was I was headlining a gig. You check me out headlining a gig. I had to get. Why did I have to get that in there? That was my my um, pretend self uh, telling you that I headlined the gig to um, hide the negative self image that makes me think that you don't think I'm good enough. So I'm telling you that I headlined the gig to cover that up. That's what happened there. You psychology. So I done this gig. And uh, I remember what happened. So I went on and I, I had two pints. I had two. I genuinely had two pints, I think. And uh, I went on and kind of turned up the volume on the drunk thing, the persona, and I acted drunk as fuck. The gig went well. And then I got off stage, people were clapping and stuff. I come off stage and <laughs> I went back to the bar and says, can I have another pint, please? And the bar the bar is in the kind of same kind of room as where the gig was. And they refused to serve me. <laughs> I said, no mate, you've had too much to drink. And I heard them saying, I've no idea how he got that drunk. He had only two pints. They thought I was drinking in the toilet and stuff. And I was like, I wasn't. It's a fucking act. And uh, <laughs> I had to go somewhere else. I did end up pissed later on that night, but that's not the point. Anyway, so the pretend self. <clears throat> Aye, so that's the comedy guy, I think. And then what was this? the negative self-image. Like, this is apparently, according to Paul McKenna, the negative guy is... Who you're trying to hide. Who you're trying to hide by the pretend self. And this is... Um, any negative traits you identify are not really yours. They belong to your negative self-image and may program into you when you were a child. By identifying them honestly, you are able to let them go. So this is me identifying my negative self-image. What is the opposite of the traits of the pretend self? The opposite traits are... Um, well, I'm not confident. Um, I'm shy. I'm timid. I'm uh, introverted. I'm not funny. I'm I'm insignificant. 
all these things I'm not worthy not worthy of love all that kind of stuff so that's that's negative self image and we have got all that we have all, I think we've all got this kind of side so um, so which of your cells oh, oh no, aye so aye um, and they say and they say what's the worst trait you find in other people that's probably part of your negative, what you hate about yourself. So one of my worst traits I hate about other people is manipulative, narcissistic bullies who make other feel, people feel horrible to raise their own status. And I've seen that a lot in people, right? So maybe that's what I'm scared of being by my pretend self. So that's the negative self-image. So what else we got? So then there's the authentic self. Now, this is a good guy. The pretend self's all right, but the, the authentic self... And that's who you truly are. And I, I don't know, do we really know who we are? I think we're a mixture of... Right, so here we go. We're a mixture of all these bits. Uh, right, when you identify the three selves, you feed yourself up to find out who you really are. Right? Your personal, unstoppable, authentic self. Who you really are always feels like coming home. Who are you when nobody's watching? I don't know. Who, who are you when nobody's watching? Um, that's the kind of guy when you're just having a laugh. Um, just doing this. Doing a good... Running about. Running about naked. I don't run about naked. Uh, running about. So I think the authentic self is the one, the one that wants to be free. The kind of part of you that wants to... Run about shouting, hello, is everybody having a good Sunday? All that kind of stuff. Um, <coughs> if you felt, when you feel safe, you feel... So I think the authentic guy is kind of the one that accepts all the other parts of you. So they accept the they accept the negative stuff. I think the authentic guy is the guy that, or the person is, who likes to accept the bad parts of you. So it's like loving... Every part of you from the projected pretend self and all your bad shit. So so the authentic self accepts all that and go, right, fuck it. This is who I am. I've got all these parts to me. Uh you either like all of it or you can fuck off. That's a good idea. So um Who would you be if you love beyond fear? That's it. So that even like doing this podcast is um it's a kind of a living beyond fear. I'm just doing this. Um, I'm going to put it out. But usually I would worry about what other people thought. Um, so it's part of being authentic. Is just putting stuff out there going, fuck it, this is what I'm doing. This is what I'm thinking. If you don't, you know, I don't care what you think. The fear of judgment. So that's the negative self-image. He's scared of judgment. People judging him and kind of going, pick that picking of what he's doing. This is the authentic. I think this is. Is this me? I think. Am I being authentic just now? I think so. I. I, I don't know. Am I? I'm just putting it out there. I'm just putting this stuff out there. Um, I felt totally safe. How would you be when nobody's watching? Right, here's what I've wrote. Accepting of myself. Non-judgmental. Loving, caring, engaging, confident, calm, peaceful, playful, childlike. So that's all the. That's all the kind of. Authentic self. And I think, thinking about this other day, I think my most authentic guy, <laughs> this is me talking about all my different selves, there's probably hundreds of the bastards. Paul McKenna says there are three of them, but there's probably millions, millions of selves. 
So I think I'm probably at the most authentic when I'm, don't know, doing my workshops, I think, my comedy workshops, I think, is probably the bit when, I, when I'm kind of, I'm chilled out and I'm honest and I'm being myself. Whereas a comedy guy is a persona that's covering up all these parts. So maybe my comedy should become more like the authentic guy or something. This is like, this is a lot of therapy for me here, this, eh. Uh, the way we see ourselves and you imagine, right, so this is, right, so that's all the selves. So I'll work out some material from that. Um, <laughs> I've got some ideas, I think. This is me, this is good because I'm just getting some ideas. So, so what, what we got? So, right, so, what it does, right, so what we got? So, what have we got from this? So, Paul McKenna, at the end of this uh, chapter, it says, to become more your authentic self, I'm trying to remember this, I can't honestly see it, become more your authentic self, what you need to do is, it's all your imagination, so Paul McKenna is all about imagination, and he says, how you see yourself in your imagination is how you really are, so if you see yourself as a scumbag, you, you, you project that out, but if you see yourself as a genuinely good person, um, that'll get projected out. So what he does is, he, he kind of has a, um, let me stand up for this, he has like a visualisation thing, where what you do is, um, you visualise, you imagine seeing yourself as you're truly, so you're watching yourself from yourself, so it's a bit scary. So you, you use your imagination, you see yourself as the most authentic self, uh, you imagine they're just standing in front of you and you see this guy, How you see how he's standing, how how he's behaving, how he's acting, the smile on his face, uh, the confidence, the not the overconfidence because that's the, the the kid on himself, he's, a, he's just a full, he's full of shit. So the authentic self is the guy where he's just gonna, he's confident, he's gonna cool, he's, and, and watch him dealing with stuff, watch him the way, imagine him, how he deals with different situations. So you can do this yourself. Just imagine yourself the most authentic you dealing with different situations and go through that in your brain. Imagine that in your mind. And then what you do is you imagine stepping into that authentic self. So I, I kind of do it. Right? I, I like doing this kind of stuff. I imagine a kind of energy coming through. So I stand in and, and this guy and I kind of become him and you start feeling the kind of the sensations in the body that you get from this authentic self, I'm feeling it now, the, the power of visualisation is amazing, I, I, I should do some videos on this stuff, because it's amazing, so you step into this guy, <laughs> you step into a guy, holy shit, uh, it's 1992, no is it 2019, if you want to step into a guy, that's fine, so you step, in, <laughs> step into this guy, and you become the authentic self, and then you imagine being in scenarios, where you're, you're dealing with shit, maybe you're dealing with somebody that you feel, you're intimidated by, um, maybe you're dealing with a relationship, so you're more authentic, so you're dealing with shit, you're kind of just dealing with things the way you th would be your true yourself rather than hiding behind this pretend self and covering up your fucking shitey self. So that's it, read the book, I'll, I'll, I'll do a video on this, I'm, I'm doing this so that I can get a video, this is me just rambling a bit. So that's, that's, and I've done this, I've done this, before and stepped into this thing and you actually feel more confident and doing these visualisations I used to do it on stage right um although that's my pretend self but what I do is I visualise before I go on stage I visualise if I'm not feeling confident I visualise myself 
on stage having an amazing gig, uh, where the audience are laughing, I'm feeling confident, and you're feeling your body. You actually stand the way you're standing, uh, breathe the way you're breathing, and uh, you go through all the whole, every emotion. You see what you're seeing, hear what you're hearing, and feel how good you feel and all that. You step into it. So I do that, and I step into it, and then I feel that same state of mind. I feel that same state before I go on stage. So that's 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 me rambling. So I was giving it to half an hour. Um, so that was that was good. I, I don't know. I'll, I'll just put this out there. Fuck it. I don't care anymore. Um, so that's my first podcast. I think. Um, let me see. So, I've if, if you enjoyed it, share it. Um, give me some feedback on it if you want, because I'm just this is the first one I've done. I'm going to do half an hour a day, maybe I don't know. But so I'm doing it. Uh, so it's called Change Your Life in Seven Days. Is a book I'd, I'd recommend it. It's good. Um, so hopefully I've got some material out of that. I might listen to this back. Yeah, I don't like listening to my own stuff. Uh, that's my negative self-image guy. This is the like listening to it. I'm an authentic guy. I'll just listen to it and go, fuck it, that's you, Obi. Just listen to it. Um, <laughs> don't be scared of who you are. So that was me. Um, I hope you enjoyed it. Have you listened to it? Probably nobody listened to it. Oh, sorry, that's the negative guy. Uh, the authentic guy doesn't care who listens to it. Uh, the... The positive, the pretend guy goes. Everybody's going to listen to it because he's an arrogant cunt. But either way, and enjoy your, have a good day. Enjoy your life. Uh, do whatever you want. Uh, just go out, be be yourself. Um, I think I. So that's that's me. That's me. I'm just I'm working out how to stop this thing, and save it. I don't want to stop it and then it, it goes away. Imagine I done this and then I just stopped it and it fucked off. So I'm just rambling. So anyway, enjoy it. Enjoy it. Go follow me on Facebook, Obi Comedian. Uh, Instagram, Obi Comedian. Twitter, Obi Comedian. Stand Up Comedian. Just Google Obi Comedian and you'll get all that. I'll see you all later. Cheerio. Bye. Right, I think I'm recording. Right, here we go. Right, so what I'm doing here is, uh, I've been writing loads of material, so what I'm going to do, I'm going to kind of go through it. Um, basically, what <laughs> I've, been writing, I've been reading a book about writing, and uh, so I'm just trying to be creative. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to read through my material and see if I can come up with, just going to, hello, this is me reading through my material. So that is, I've wrote for a, Few hours, absolute shite. Um, so the idea is to read it and try and be creative. So I'm reading it. I wrote it on my computer, on Google Documents. I'm going to read it out what I've wrote, and I've got a notebook sitting beside me. And if I come up with anything, I'll write it down. But if not, it doesn't matter. Right, so here's what I've wrote. Hello, brain. I want you to practice writing. You're a creative genius, and now it's time to show it. Get your ego the fuck out of the way and let it happen. Fucking good on you, Obi. Uh, and I like that idea, get the ego out of the way, because my ego is in my head now, saying, you sound stupid, Obi, reading what you've wrote, yeah, Fanny. So the critical voice is in there, right? So that's that was my first sentence, so that's good. So this is me just writing down what I'm thinking. Okay, no bother. I'll start by telling you what's going on. Just now I'm feeling a slight block going on. 
I feel like there is a pipe from my brain, a fucking pipe from my brain, you fanny. A pipe from my brain leading to an infinite flow of creativity. Ooh, check you out, you fanny. Um, the pipe is blocked up, it's blocked up with insecurities, social conditioning and beliefs, and my ability to create brilliant ideas and amazing material. Damn right. The material is another side of the pipe, is phenomenal. Right, so basically what I'm saying is, uh, metaphorically, there's a pipe in my head which flows to the infinite creativity and it's blocked up with shite. Fair enough, Obi, fair enough, you mad bastard. Um, the material is another side of this phenomenon. It is stand-up material that only makes people laugh. Not only makes people laugh, it helps them unlock their, unlock, unblock their own pipes. So what I'm saying is... Uh, if I tap into this infinite creativity stuff and let it out my face on the stage, it will therefore make people laugh and help them block their pipe to infinite creativity. Ooh, very philosophical, you mad bastard. Mine you used to just talk about wanking. Now you're coming up with this nonsense. Uh, so the material that is right helps people with the type. This type of freedom, right, it helps people release and experience a kind of uncontrollable laughter that is very rare, but completely freeing the giggles. This type of freedom laughter comes from a magical place where people become their true self for a while. Ooh. It is full of joy, freedom. The purpose of this material is to unblock the minds and spirits of millions of people. Millions of people, that'd be amazing. Usually, if I get an audience of 20, I'm doing well. Around the world. I will raise the vibrations of the universe. Ooh, vibrations. Talking about dildos now. The material on the side of this pipe also creates freedom in the minds of people who I perform to. It helps them become who they truly want to be. It helps them release the need for validation of the world and become someone who serves the rest of humanity. Fucking yes. The need for validation, man. If I didn't need validation, I would stop doing stand-up. Or would I? Right, anyway. Unblocking the pipe to the infinite creativity is a potential to create real lasting change in the world, in the world, world today and for years to come. It will unleash the, at least the connect to the infinite, infin, infinite of millions of people around the world. As I'm writing this, I'm getting a glimpse into what is available on the other side of the pipe. <laughs> the pipe, that makes me laugh. I'm now releasing, realising that even using the metaphor of a pipe to represent the connection to the infinite is limiting. Ooh, so my metaphors are limiting me. Uh, this would mean that my material could only come to me in a short flow. To reach the infinite creativity, I need to break down all the pipes that lead to the creativity and allow a flood. I want a flood of creativity to come into my, my body. That's what I want. I want a tsunami of I a fucking tsunami of ideas coming into my head. Right, for this, 
for a minute. I'm now noticing when writing this, I have a critical mind analysing the me- the validity of the metaphor. The critical mind is an arsehole. It's telling me I'm rubbish. Even when I'm talking into this, it's going, eh, holy shit, Obi, if anybody listens to this, they'll think you're mental. Well, that's fine. You can say what he wants. Um, so, wait a minute. There is no good or bad. I, I, it's asking this metaphor to be a pre- blah, 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 blah. Right, there is no good or bad in the world. There is no success or failure. There is no crazy or sane. There is no judgment of ideas. Everything has its place in its universe. All ideas are perfect. All craziness is perfect. Every perceived mistake I've ever made in life is perfect. Everything I have ever done up to this moment is in time is exactly how it, how it would have been. I have the perfect life so far. Right, even... Every lesson I have ever learned in relationships, comedy, even every interaction I've ever had was exactly what I was needing at that time. Where I am is now perfect. My financial status is perfect. My relationship status is perfect. My career status is perfect. The mess in my flat is perfect. Allowing the world to, to be exactly how it is is freedom. Ooh, that's quite profound. Obi, you mad bastard. Wishing... It to be something else that it is not at this moment is pointless. Freedom of mind and inner peace isn't something for the future. It's exactly here. Accept the moment and everywhere about without judgment. After that we last bit of writing, I now feel calming. Feel I feel calmness in my solar plexus. Have a slight tingling in my legs and this little bit of freedom called it. Right, so that bit, I think, what I mean was, um, it's amazing when I was writing that, I was enjoying it now, my critical voice is saying it. So, freedom in the moment. Um, accept, so that's all about accepting the moment, accepting where we are. Right, you can go and moan and whinge about things that went wrong and your career not writing enough over the years, the relationships are fucked up, my financial status, which is getting better, but the best way to get a better life is to accept everything as it is. Like, where you are, it's where you are. It just is. You're here. You're fucking here. You're listening to this. If you are. If you're not, you're not. It doesn't matter. Nobody will listen to this. Maybe they will. I'm putting it on anchor if it goes anywhere. So, aye, there's material in here somewhere. This is an interesting experiment. Right, I'm going to stop now. I want to stop now, I've run out of steam, uh, but I'm finding this useful, um, so I'll see you later, I don't know if anybody will hear this or whatever, I don't care, if you do, tell me, go on my Facebook, OB Stand Up Comedian, and tell me you listen to this, uh, I've done, it's got it on Anchor, and I don't know if it goes anywhere, but let me know if you hear it, um, right, I'm going to stop now, I'll see you later. Right, hello, um, this is me just talking into my thing again, just trying to get my cell material going here. Right, so I've been writing loads of stuff, <coughs> uh, and, hang on, let me let me just talk here. So, I'm writing, I'm trying to write the fuck it list thing, so I'm kind of all over the place. So, part of the show that I've been writing is times in my past 
<laughs> so I reckon the, the words fuck it are amazing. Right, so there's loads of times in my past where I've used the words fuck it and it's helped me out. Um, so here I've wrote, how many have I got here? Um, this is, I've got 22, right? Uh, so this is just trying to get, so what I do with this is I, I, I say them out and, uh, and I write material as I go. So <clears throat> the first fuck it that I remember, there, there are no specific order. Um, when I was at uni, I remember me and a pal, Colin Stevenson, uh, we were in the uni drinking in the union and we seen a, a sign up somewhere. I'd always seen it, the were pissed, it was the afternoon, uh, typical uni day, and we seen this sign up and it was about some demonstration, I can't even remember, but all we seen was free bus to London. Right, so we just seen this free bus to London and we thought, fuck it. Let's go to London. So we signed up for this thing. Free bus to London. We got a bus, got a carry-out, went to London. I left him at 12 midnight, got there in the morning. We had no idea what the demonstration was about. We just spent the day in London getting pissed. What a laugh. And then we nearly missed the bus on the way back. Second one. Um, sending a day doing random walks round the Glasgow. That was a day I just spent Randomly walking, uh, different directions, crawling under benches, just going a bit mental. I felt free. Um, right, one minute, hang on, hang on. Going to Magaluf, right, the first time, the first time I went to Magaluf, 1993, fucking ages ago. And uh, how I got there, um, hold on, I just looked through all that. How I got to Magaluf, it was a weird one, it was two fuckets that got, two fuckets Got me to Magaluf. The first one was a few months earlier um, when one of my mates asked me if I wanted to go in a football thing. It was a testimonial, some famous player playing Manchester United in Manchester. And I'm not a football fan, but I, I'm gullible as fuck. And I just said, fuck it, let's go. So I went to Manchester. There was me and my mate, a few older guys, and, and I, I didn't really know them, but it was a good laugh. We all bought a carry out in the bus, uh, drinking all the way down to Manchester. I remember nearly peeing myself, and then I couldn't pee, and a a um, a ripped open can because I got stage fright. <laughs> I remember that. Anyway, we went to the game. I can't remember much about it. Um, during the game, I went for a pish. Um, I was bluttered, but then I come back and I couldn't find my pal because I think I went to the wrong bit. So I almost got stranded in Manchester. And luckily I found everybody uh, staggering about outside and I got the bus on the way back. Anyway, um, my mate gave me a lot of a Celtic top because I'm not a football fan. And about two weeks later, I took the football top back to my mate and he said, me and some of the guys from work have booked... Uh, a holiday in Magaluf. He says, do you want to come? And I went, I've got no money. And I went, I don't care. Do you want to come? And I went, fuck it, I'll come. And just because I decided, fuck it, I'm going, I worked out how to get the money. I got a credit card, like five or six hundred quid. I saved up some money and I got there and it was good. Um, <laughs> so that was that one. Uh, Magaluf. Going to Australia in 2020. 
2012, sorry. So in 2012, I left my day job and like, I was working on a full-time job, took redundancy in 2011. And 2012, so 2011, Edinburgh Festival, somebody said, do you want to come to Australia next year? And I went, aye, all right. And I decided I was going. But all the redundancy money I had from the year before was fucking spent me then. But I decided I was going. I decided, fuck it, I'm going. So there was months leading up to it. Uh, I was a bit skint. I didn't have a job. Money was running out, but I thought, fuck it, I'm going. Eventually, I worked out. I got there. I got somebody sponsoring me, which is a whole new story, a whole different story, but I'll get to that later. Um, and I got there. So... Number five, doing memory training workshops. Right, I used to do memory training workshops. Basically, I learned all this shit myself about how to improve your memory. I read a book years ago by a guy called Harry Lorraine, uh, and it was fucking brilliant uh, about improving your memory. After about a week about reading this, it was so simple. I could memorise like, 20 random things. I could memorise a pack of playing cards. I could memorise loads of numbers, and it was brilliant. And I, and I thought, this is fucking amazing. I was fascinated by this. Um, eventually, I'd done a show at the Edinburgh Festival where I memorised hundreds of random words and made it a show, which was quite cool. So eventually, I decided to do a memory training workshop and I was scared. Loads of people were saying to me, you can't do that, you can't teach thing. you're no certified. Fuck off. I said, fuck it, I'd done it. And it was actually quite successful, so get it up, you. Um <clears throat> Start at number six, starting in stand-up comedy. I remember when I started stand-up comedy, it was always a secret. It was always a secret thing, me doing stand-up. I kind of had this secret. Um, I wanted to be a stand-up. But being a Scottish working-class guy, you weren't allowed to tell anybody. You weren't allowed to say it. You had to become something professional, get a trade, go to uni, get a boring job and fucking die inside. But I secretly wanted to stand on stage and make people laugh. So I remember, always had this, always had this in my head for years. I think I had three real ambitions in life, three real ambitions. Um, I wanted to be a magician for a wee while. I wanted to be the world snooker champion. And then comedy, but comedy fascinated me for years. But I remember reading the Sunday Mail, 21 years ago, and I seen an article about a woman, Viv G, who's now quite a good pal, she was running a workshop and I thought, she was running like comedy workshops in Glasgow, she just started and I thought, you know what, I need to do that, because I had no idea how to start doing comedy, where to do gigs, how to do gigs, what you had to do, I had no fucking idea, so I decided, I thought, fuck it, I'm doing that workshop and I'm going to get started, so I'd done the workshop, eventually found out, I had to phone people, which was scary for me, I don't like phoning, and I found out where the workshop was, I started the workshop, done for eight weeks, done my first gig, fuck it, <coughs> and then I'm here, 20 years later, working for Just Eat, amazing. Um, doing a gig at a garage in Paisley, fucking brilliant, right, one of my favourite gigs, <coughs> was doing a gig, right, and this, this is from fuckitness, right, because um, I remember, aye, this was two or three fuckets, that led to this brilliant experience. I was doing a, um, I was, it was one Friday night, um, somebody phoned me up, or they messaged me, and said, Obi, what are you doing tonight? I went, nothing. 
I says, I've got a guy coming to do a gig in Edinburgh, and he needs a warm-up guy, guy, do you want to come and do it? I went, how much is it? And it wasn't paid, it was like expenses, and I thought, for fuck's sake, I, I need one to get paid for this. <clears throat> but the guy sounded interesting, I thought, fuck it, let's do it. So there's a guy called Mishka Shabali, who does like dark songs, he's got quite a big fan base and all that, he's got like a, a niche audience. So, and I was like, ah, I'd be interested in meeting that guy. So I went along, did the gig, and when I was at the gig, there was a couple there from Paisley, um, who'd booked him for some reason, they booked this guy to do a, a gig in his garage the following night. And they too liked me, and they thought, we like you, Obi, do you want to come and do warm-up? for Muska, and we'll feed you and give you loads of beer. And I thought, fuck it. So the Saturday I went to Paisley and did about 10 or 15 minutes warm-up for this guy. It was awesome. And then a year later, I was looking for places to do solo shows for the Edinburgh Festival, and they asked me to do one in their garage. And I'd done an hour in their garage. It was one of my favourite gigs ever. All his friends. And one of the most surreal moments was a guy coming in to deliver Chinese food, and I ripped the piss at him. What a laugh. That doesn't happen in normal comedy clubs. Um, right. <clears throat> Number eight. Right. I gave up my day job a few years ago. I'd done it a few times. And to make money, um, what I was doing, I was just turning up to pubs. I was asking pubs last minute if I could do gigs at them. And then I was going out with post-it notes, asking people to come. And then at the end of the gig, I was asking for money. It was good fun. Um... And I remember one night, this one of the favourite things was just, you're a bit quiet, asking people to come to your shows, a bit nerve-wracking. But then I had a, every time I had a fuck-it moment, going, fuck it, just go a bit crazy, go out shout at people in the street, go a bit mental, come and see my show, I'm desperate for validation, going a bit mental, doing a performance in the street, getting enough people in and doing the show. That's more. That's a fuck-it moment. Um Doing live videos with no planning, right? Like, I do a lot of Facebook live videos, and sometimes I like to go in with no planning, just go fuck it and do it. Sometimes they're shite, other times, if I've interacted with people, I get a bit of a laugh and it's good fun. Um, <clears throat> right, that's good. Number 10. There was a gig I'd done in Glasgow, Bacchus, right? And it was a bit, it was a late night gig years ago, it was a bit mental. It was a bit mental. Nobody was listening. It was a bit crazy. Everybody was dying in their hole. So I went on. Um, and I went on stage. I was. I had done a few gigs that night. There was a woman on the left hand side towards the stage. I she had a fur coat, and I'm not sure it was a real fur coat or a pretend one. Hope it was a pretend one. And I grabbed a fur coat behind the stage. There was a toilet. So I went into the toilet with a fur coat stripped off. I'll strip my top off, so I come out with this fur coat on, and I came out, spoke for a while, and then showed that I had nothing on under it, and stood up on the table and went a bit mental. That's the kind of shit I remember. Um, right, that's ten. I'm going to do the other ten in a minute, later on, but this is me just trying stuff. If you like this, uh, follow me on Facebook, Obi Stand Up Comedian, or I think I'm on I'm on TikTok and Twitter and Instagram. Follow me there, but I don't think anybody will ever see this. But if they do, follow me. This is just a daft. This is me just getting creativity out. Enjoy yourself. Enjoy your Monday. Uh, how do I stop this now? Stop.